0: What's up, everybody? I'm back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I recorded an in-person interview with Cedric Youngelman, the man, the myth, the legend, the host of the Bitcoin Matrix podcast. We went down to his office and uh, had a little uh, conversation over a beer. Uh, We talked about, you know, all things that have changed since he was actually the first guest on the State of Bitcoin podcast. For those listening that have been with me since day one here's a little treat so we we revised it uh it was just me this time instead of me and Dan so RIP to Dan and uh we talked about what's changed in Bitcoin what's changed in media the price was forty four thousand at that time so you know a lot has changed since then but a lot of good things have happened as well so we get through and talk about a lot of the differences and changes and what he's looking forward to potential regulations a lot of great stuff so another action-packed episode uh, so be sure to tune in. And if you're listening on audio podcasts, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. So you get this directly to your uh, podcast player and uh, it'll help the show out uh, as we get more of those and you spread this around, share it. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and let me know what you think. Feel free to tweet at me at IT, uh, shoot me a DM, leave me a boost, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I get some feedback. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, it's not financial advice. So please, please, please do not take it as financial advice. Now, let's get into the episode. Well, we're sitting here in Cedric Youngleman's house. Uh, but before we get started, I want to shout out the sponsors of the show. We got Coddle.co, the best punch plates in the game. So if you have them or if you to have your Bitcoin on exchange right now, what the hell are you doing? Get it off an exchange. And store those seed phrases with a punch plate at Coddle.co. Use promo code GREENCANDLE. All one word. You get 10% off. And then I'm going to be at Bitcoin Miami. Are you going to be at Bitcoin I'm Miami? I'm going to be there. All right. Me and Cedric are both going to be at Bitcoin Miami. So if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, use promo code GREENCANDLE, all caps. And then I'll also have a link in the show notes where you can get 10% off that ticket. So use that 10% to buy more sats. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah pull it off an exchange and uh, use the punch plate uh, from coddle.co. So it's all interconnected there. There we go. Bringing it all together. But uh, like I alluded to, and as you can see, me and Cedric are sitting here in uh, Cedric's office. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers. We got to awesome. cheers it
1: up, man. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. So my this first
0: in-person your... uh, chat. Yeah. So for those who have been following my show for like since basically inception, you are our first guest on episode four when it was me and dan bitcoin price was forty four thousand something at the time and so uh, i think it was like february 2020 or 2022 excuse me um and uh now what well i think we're sitting just under 30k about today so uh a lot has changed since then um including your episodes and your podcast and everything like that so um for those who missed that episode though give us a quick intro who are you and uh how you got here today
1: sure my name is cedric Jungleman. i'm the host of the bitcoin matrix podcast we have philosophical conversations about the social cultural and economic impacts of bitcoin um we try to just really go hard into the rabbit hole and uh been doing it for about two and a half years now over 150 episodes so uh yeah it's been it feels like uh, a decade
0: though yeah so no i mean in bitcoin uh the cycle's definitely aged to say the least but Uh, I kind of want to get into it because last time when we spoke, we talked a lot about like, you know, podcasting and kind of what got you started in that. Uh, But there has been some interesting events in just mainstream media right now, right? I mean, we had Tucker Carlson getting uh, fired, let go, parting ways with Fox. We had Don Lemon kind of going through and getting fired from CNN. So it seems like mainstream media is kind of, I guess, taking a turn and, you know, mediums like podcasts like yours and mine um and you know youtube twitter like all these different sources are kind of you know the go-to source for a lot of people's media so yeah in your view how do you see this evolving and uh yeah i mean what do you see as like i guess your role kind of in that
1: sure uh well you know it's interesting you bring up tucker carlson and don lemon and i don't know what to make of these situations uh you know tucker carlson uh did apply to be in the cia at one point I have no idea what's going on, and I didn't uh, and yeah, that's interesting to know. And uh, so I don't, and it's not the first network to be to let go its biggest star. Um, and uh, you've seen things like Joe Rogan, um, and go and build a sort of a platform for himself and make a lot of money. So I, I have no idea, but it it does seem like things are are breaking a bit in terms of. Uh, What's what? What news has been hit, hitting us from mainstream media, um, and even what I'm I'm seeing on Twitter since Elon took over? I, I see much more, wider variety of narratives being shared and conspiracies and things like that. Um, and it also seems like the psychological warfare is amped up. I get even darker narratives on, on Twitter now, and things that are I definitely think are trying to manipulate how I feel about certain subjects and um, sort of how divide people and then I mean Bitcoin is down 50 percent we talked yeah that's yeah. wild uh, I don't really feel that I, I don't I mean I I have we both have podcasts about Bitcoin and so I, you're gonna naturally look at the price but I try to be sort of price agnostic and um, it just feels like we're still below 69k yeah uh, you know and uh trying to see where this goes and, you know, we're hemming and hawing and puking up and puking down a little bit, but uh, there's a banking crisis yeah. since we talked, and FTX and Celsius. Yeah. Uh, I think what we're seeing though, back to Tucker Carlson and the media and what we're seeing with like companies like, I think the NFL and Nike and Fox is, uh, and Budweiser is this sort of era of post-capitalism where um, profits don't really matter uh, it's more about sort of messaging and aligning with the state's message. And because and most money, I think, is coming more from the state than the actual consumer, or at least, or the ability to make money or to maintain your monopoly uh, on making money comes from the state. Uh, so we've kind of, I think that's one of the things that's changed we're entering sort of post, post-capitalism era. Um
0: yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, because I mean, you know, for, f- just from the stats, I think like Tucker Carlson would pull in like 3 million viewers per ep- or per show, uh, obviously, like one of the more polarizing figures. But, you know, I think it's also kind of interesting timing, right? Because you t- you brought up the messaging. And I think like maybe a day or two ago, I saw a clip on Twitter, like the day or two before Tucker got fired of AOC interviewing somebody and calling mm-hmm. Tucker out mm-hmm. specifically saying he's inciting violence and doing all these things too. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It seems like it's more about, you know, the messaging behind things opposed to just straight profits, which is, you know, kind of interesting because it's not now like, you know, it, it was, you know, money or like the viewership was kind of the, uh, was kind of the currency, right? Cause like, that's how you can run the ads, do all that kind of stuff. But it seems like people are just more concerned with their reputation uh, in the industry opposed to, you know, actually like getting all the eyeballs and getting what people actually want to see or hear uh, and kind of catering to like a small minority, which is kind of interesting because I think like when it comes to the independence um, like maybe like yourself and I, or like Joe Rogan, you know, even some of the bigger like YouTube stars, like I see like the Nelk boys, like Logan Paul, all those guys, they're kind of like flipping it on the other side. And I don't know if you've noticed that uh, as well, but, it seems like more people are kind of, I guess, coming around to the narrative of like, hey, we should be worried about, you know, the government's control. Like CBDC is like kind of going against taxes, whereas like the narrative that is being pushed on these mainstream platforms is like, hey, the government's helping get us out and kind of like the exact opposite. Is that something that you're noticing as well, you think? I mean, it's,
1: it's a lot to unpack there. I'm just, yeah. things are, I don't think anyone really gets, I think. I think at the top, I think a lot of things are just controlled. I don't even think Joe Rogan, in my mind, in my heart, is, is independent. Um, I, I don't buy that. I mean, Spotify yeah. owns him to some extent. That's true. Uh, so, And I don't know who owns Spotify, per se. And it seems like these larger interests that own these things, they don't have to worry about profits here or there, because overall, they're going to make money. They own all the companies. Um, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, it's interesting, like RFK Jr. is running. Yeah. And he's you know, he's saying very interesting things, but he's been on the Epstein plane. Yeah. You know, and and uh, you know, they, 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 it seems like the CIA killed his uncle and his probably his dad, but like, I don't know, they all seem to play a part. Like, Teddy ran, his uncle Teddy ran against Jimmy Carter in yeah. 80 and like, you know, maybe, I think with Tucker Carlson, too, I think that, I think there's almost this point where if you get too big for mainstream media, they want to put you in that Joe Rogan bucket, where can carve you out a little more of a a niche and and get you off of the the bigger platforms or and then maybe not the bigger platforms anymore but at least the networks yeah um that's fair but tucker was doing really interesting work i mean he he interviewed the president of Bukele, uh president bukele of el salvador I think said really fascinating things on his show he he interviewed michael sailor Um, Max Kaiser too. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had a lot of
0: Bitcoiners on there. And it seems like he was kind of starting to, you know, wake up to that narrative. And he was like, kind of, it seems like covering more of, uh, like, he was really the first mainstream media to kind of dive into, you know, Bitcoin, not crypto, it seemed. And, you know, we kind of alluded to it a little bit when, you know, we went over like, what's changed? Um, and it seems like the mainstream media was like some of them were starting to wake up to like the Bitcoin, not crypto, especially after the FTX, the Celsius, like all those exchanges started to shut down. And people really started to look into this and realize, all right, right. Sam Bakeman fried is really a fraudster. And, uh, you know, like there's a lot of fraud just going up on the crypto market. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like. I don't know. It it almost seems like because of Sam Bankman-Fried's connections and everything like he's almost kind of in bed with, you know, so many other people, the higher-ups and everything like that that it has me worried about the mainstream quote-unquote narrative of Bitcoin because um, you know, Tucker and and like he was basically the biggest guy that was pushing the the Bitcoin not crypto and now we might revert back to hey, like, you know, maybe either all cryptos drunk or like reverting into you know mixing in bitcoin with crypto if that right. makes sense which i think is a dangerous path
1: yeah i think unfortunately you know i didn't want to say this last like i didn't even let my mind think this but i think crypto will come back again really strong and hard but to be honest i don't i have so much empathy and sympathy i don't know if those are the right words but i get it how if you don't go down the rabbit hole there's no way for you to know the difference between bitcoin and crypto and i not in way, but I, I know it's not intuitive. Yeah. And I think it's not intuitive. I also think the the things that people, that if you get Bitcoin, like self-custody and sovereignty, not a lot of people want that either or understand the value of that. So if they do understand what sets Bitcoin apart, I don't know if they care. Yeah. um, Or understand what's at stake there. And then I, I use that word purposely because proof of stake, I mean, literally, they're... You know, putting their feet into a contract that you can't withdraw. They're saying, "I don't care if someone else has full sovereignty over my money. It doesn't tell me when I'm getting it back." Um, it's a very fiat mindset, but like it's kind of like a fish in water. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool that he had Michael Saylor on and Max Kaiser and, and huge platforms, and, and yeah, that will get through to some people. Don't get me wrong, um, it, it gets through and it helps as a touch point. But I think overall, like, just people don't i don't want to say people in this case don't care they just don't even know it's an issue and they don't know the value of uh and most people know a world of like if i lose my password there's someone i can call yeah and and help me figure this out
0: no or yeah or the you know the forgot password button you just get it sent to your email right get a text to you get it called whatever yeah. you know all these password recovery things so
1: someone but, steals your credit card yeah You get that you get that money back.
0: Yeah, you just yeah, you get the money back. Or I mean, I actually like not too long ago had fraud on my credit card. So I mean, it was something where, you know, I I had all that. And then I just called and got erased. You know, I mean, like credit card companies have to eat that essentially. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it is kind of an interesting shift. But you know, from where we were a year ago, like in Bitcoin to where we are now, right, we've already like listed off some of the things that have happened, whether it's like mainstream media kind of covering it, uh, Tucker before he got let go, um, and some of the debacles. Do you think we've kind of, I guess, shifted a little bit more into, I guess, people understanding? I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Or do you th- still think like we're obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're still early, right? But do you think that there's more, I mean, if, if to me, it feels like there's more and more Bitcoiners coming in every single day. Uh, and we're kind of moving that direction. And I don't feel like as many like shit
1: coins are popping up. Maybe I'm just blind to it. I think we're in a bubble, to be honest. I yeah. Mean, yeah, but still a very small thing. And I also think that Bitcoiners, like any errs, Tend to think that they're the center of the universe, yeah, and that everything that's happening in the world is is somehow yin and yang with Bitcoin. Um, and I, I don't think I, I do think that every day it, Bitcoin adoption is like the internet. So it's always going up. There are always new people coming, and no one stops using the internet once you start using the internet. No one goes back to not using it. Same thing with Bitcoin, but but that's still like you're going from like point. 5% of the world to 0.6% of the world. And that's like a huge 20% leap. Yeah. Or maybe even it's like 0.5, maybe if we go to 3% of the world and exponential. But you're not talking about everybody getting this now. It's still in the gradually period. Um, I talked to a boomer, a coworker of mine, checked in, haven't talked in about two years. <laughs> Mind you, the last time we spoke, Bitcoin was somewhere. Somewhere, I'm guessing between 4,000 and 20,000. Yeah. And here we are at 28,000. He was like, You still believe in that magical inner money? This was like on a DM, like we haven't spoken in two years. And I was like, You know, yeah, you know, uh, it's just computer science, engineering, physics, and economics. But yeah, I call it a belief. Yeah. And he was like, Ha ha, you know, but. I did ask him, like, so you don't believe in it. And he had, I thought of a decent reply. He was like, well, if you have five or 10 or $20,000 and you want to take a chance on this and you're not worried about what happens to it, and you want to sit on it, go for it. And I do think that's, in a lot of ways, if you don't understand this, a, a rational approach. I mean, it's the best performing asset 10 the last 14 years, the best performing asset of this year um you know it's like watching michael jordan win six out of eight and be like i've comes out of retirement i'm not gonna bet on him yeah uh you know and this is not even like athletics where there's any wear and tear or entropy yeah but um you know he's still a very much like se- pushing 70 probably and he's like i'm a buy and hold value stock guy it's worked since 1971 basically mm. the whole world he's grown up in you know and I even made a joke. I was like, okay, now do cash. Yeah. And he was like, okay, well, interest rates are getting up to four or five percent. I mean, this is where he's thinking. He's thinking about how do I make six percent a year? He's not thinking about beating inflation. He's yeah. thinking, wow, Powell's raising rates, cash is becoming more valuable. Um, yeah, I mean, like for for
0: him from his perspective, I totally get it. You know, you like you see, I mean, that's what scared my parents. I mean, they're not that I guess, 70 age, but they're like nearing on the 60s. And, uh, you know, that that's what their kind of fear was initially. And then, you know, I mean, they were not, you know, privy to uh, you know, holding their own keys, they didn't want to do any of that. So I left it on an exchange for them. And then that exchange, you know, went under. So I, now I look like the bad guy. And they're like, all right, I never they never want to talk to me about it again. So I mean, like that kind of turns off that you know, generation. So, I guess if that makes sense. There are going to be
1: casualties along the way. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So there's two casualties. The casualty you're talking about, where you got rug pulled, mm-hmm. right? And 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 that has nothing to do with Bitcoin in a lot of ways. Nothing, zero to do with Bitcoin. And that was Bitcoin. probably paper Bitcoin too. Whatever. There's yeah. nothing to do with that it can happen with crypto. It can happen with stocks. Someone fake sells you anything. Right? Or, or, or runs off with the, the kit and caboodle. That can happen in any asset industry business. Um, the other one, though, that only can happen with Bitcoin is you lose the shit yourself. Mm-hmm. So here you are, your you're brave new world, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go get some sats, and, and I'm going to get it off the exchange, and I don't know if you... Let's, I'm, I'm just, None of this stuff like has happened to me, but instead of like, you, you airgap it wrong. With every XYZ you tried to take on new technology. You didn't back up your seed the right way. You broke it down the wrong way. You lost half of it, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And you took the risk and now you're out some some value. And and I think a lot of people in the first world don't want any part of both those things. So if their money's at the FDIC insured bank, up to 250K, they get backed up. Nowadays, probably even more than that. They don't think about inflation, money printing, and how that devalues the time and their labor. If they own stock and someone breaks into their fidelity account or their trust, most likely some party or some entity is going to backstop that credit card, same thing. Uh, And most people are more worried about getting more political currency units to deal with whatever problems they're facing. Then why do we have more political currency units? So, you know, and then you're saying, okay, now now take this on you, because most times anything before Bitcoin. You're like, I don't want to pay taxes. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to pay a fee to license to register my boat. Good luck. I don't want to do a driver's license. Good luck. So now, if someone's saying like, you don't have to have your money at the bank, and they're like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. But like, everything and everything in the world before them too. Anytime someone's been like, you can uh, make money doing this or increase the purity. It's always been a scam and everything they've ever seen in life. Yeah. So the red flags go up right away. And then with always the kickers, they don't want to sound like us. Yeah, they don't want to, you know, they're like, oh, if I then believe in this and it works a little bit for me, I'm gonna have to go around at parties and sound like- Yeah, I know, it's,
0: it's crazy. Honestly, like I don't like, it's weird because, you know, mm-hmm. even in my generation though, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 28, so I'll be like 29 this summer. I have friends that are a little younger than me, a little older, you know, that kind of range. Or whatever but i never bring it up to them like if they want to talk bitcoin with me i bring it up or right, i let them come to me by now they know i have the, the show and all that kind of stuff uh but i'm like yeah this is not a conversation i kind of want to dig into because you know a majority of people like i mean now a few few more of my friends are kind of coming up to me and asking me like what's going on like i know you're following this stuff because of inflation But before any of this happened, and that's this kind of like what maybe the last six to eight months development before any of this happened, nobody really wanted to talk anything about that. They thought it was, you know, funny money is what they would call it. They would joke with me like that. I actually had a buddy too, who would say like, Hey, dude, like I need to go to a mattress or go buy a mattress and hide a bunch of cash under there because that's, like the new wave, because nobody's doing that anymore, like getting my money out of the bank, and just hiding it under the mattress, like old fashioned times. So, you know, I, I think it's just kind of like, this new, um, I guess, like situation that we're in, I don't even know, like a better way to describe it. But just like the reality of going to the grocery store, you know, we're in Florida, so going to Publix. And like, I went to Publix the other day, a carton of eggs was like eight bucks, like for like the nicer, like organic eggs. And it's like, you know, I They'll go to. I, yeah, yeah, I go to Trader Joe's, honestly, but there's a Publix really close to my house. Sure, so, sure. so every now and then when I run out of eggs, I go there. but and I'm also trying to bulk too. I don't know if you guys can tell on camera, but uh, so I'm eating I'm eating a lot of eggs every day. but um, because of that, I mean, it just like I mean, they're seeing the inflation. Some of them are even like considering getting chickens or all this other wild stuff where it's like, all right, you know, you live in like a, a big city. Like, you shouldn't really need to do that. But it seems like everybody's kind of reverting to, okay, you know, everything's getting more expensive. So I need to quit relying on everybody else and become more self-sovereign, which I think is like kind of an interesting...
1: interesting, uh, I I think, I I mean, I think that's the Bitcoin bubble. I think a lot of people are going like this, saying everything's gone up 15 to 30%. I got... 3% 3% raise at work. I need to win. And, and I don't want to give up anything. Yeah. well. So they're like, okay, I, I don't want to give up eggs. How do I get eggs? They're not like, oh, I want to be sovereign. Yeah. They're like, how do I make eggs cheaper? Because I'm still going to go to the bar, maybe if you're 28. Yeah. So I'm to go to the bar and now drinks are $11 a piece. <laughs> okay. So what do I have to, like, okay, maybe I'm going to give up my gym membership, work out at home. uh, and, and so I think it's more like, Lifestyle people, people are still going out. I, everywhere I go, people are doing and living their lives. And I don't, what I just don't understand how mathematically this is still happening. So, but you look at just macro like credit card rate, uh, usage yeah. has gone up dramatically. People are working second and third jobs, and they're buying chickens so yeah. they can save money on exit. I don't think there are some people like yeah, I want to get guns and bullets and cows and and be sovereign. And then I think the majority of people are like, how do I save a few bucks? I'll yeah. make my own shampoo. It's not because they're becoming homesteaders. That's that's fair. Know? That is fair. Just like, yeah. How do I, yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that that's a good point too, right? I mean, like everybody's trying to find ways. And I think that's kind of like, you know, the, the revelation that I had with Bitcoin where it's like, all right, like I was really at the time when I found Bitcoin, I was like really studying like, all right, how do I make my money go farther? Because like I was in grad school at the time and it was like, all right, I'm gonna actually just going to start making money soon, which I know I'm kind of weird for doing that. Most people are just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to start making money and then just put it in my checking account and whatever. And then I realized like, you know, there's this Bitcoin thing. I'd buy some stocks here or there too. But it was like, I was spending all this time coming home, like researching, reading 10Ks, like doing all this stuff it's like basically like another full-time job where I'm like becoming my own, um, you know, financial advisor, so to speak. And so I was like, well, it's just so much easier if I just, I know Bitcoin, I know that, you know, I believe in it, all this other stuff. And I don't need to research it every single day and like, kind of like understand like, yeah. all right, there's going to be a little price move here or there, but you know, long-term I believe in the technology. It's like, you know, all right, long term, you believe in some some stock, right? Like Apple, for example, right? Like it's been around for so long, it has a nice dividend, whatever. Like if you think that that company is going to be around forever, might as well just like throw some in it. But instead of like doing some research to try to beat the market, but I realized like, all right, why am I doing all this when Bitcoin beats the market like every year, just like you kind of lined up?
1: Well, what you're saying, I mean, I I came at it a similar way in the sense that you know I was a little further along in my career and trying to figure out uh, how to keep up with inflation was my, my main concern outside of work when managing sort of like my affairs, my business, my my financial affairs. And uh, I have a background in uh, I have a bachelor of science in finance and a master's of science in accounting. So uh, and at thirteen years old, I won the Long Island stock market competition through Newsday newspaper. Uh, uh, in my gifted program at my local junior high. I mean, I was always interested in sort of, uh, when I say business, more like running businesses, not necessarily starting them, but running them, understanding them, economics. Uh, and Bitcoin was not a technolo- te- technology to me at all. It was, it, and it wasn't really money at first. It took me to, to understand some things that I didn't necessarily learn in those programs about what is money and how money works and creates money. but. Um, I really looked at it as a way to beat inflation, but as someone with my background, it was and it was very like ding, ding, ding. Like, why is thirty percent of the economy financialized? Yeah. Why why am I spending all this time trying to figure out how to just save my purchasing power? Uh, but also from an accounting and finance perspective, uh, Bitcoin outside of being a technology was was monetary policy and just running the numbers. I mean, Pierre yeah. Rochard is a very influential. A speaker on, on a lot of Bitcoin topics, but one was, I and mean, he comes from a tiny background as well. And he's like, just run the numbers. Mm-hmm. and We said, well, what numbers are you talking about? And he sort of, well, this thing is infinite, yeah, and has zero production costs or is trending to zero, and this thing is finite and gives you a fixed denominator and a unit of account, and. Uh, you know, it's designed to go up in in, in purchasing power. What, what does it mean, designed to go up in purchasing power? You start to understand that. Look, well, it'd be good to have something designed to go up in purchasing power, and it can't be replicated or iterated like real estate. You know, Manhattan. They can create more land in Manhattan. They can build out Manhattan. They can connect it to Brooklyn if they want. They can connect it to Jersey. They could lose the rivers if they want. They mm-hmm. Fill those in. They could build higher. Um, you know, and like everyone's using that as a store of value. Uh, you know, fine art can be replicated or not replicated, but you have uh, you your fashion risk. There's always new artists that might outpace the thing you bought or invested in. And you have unit price bias and, or divisibility issues. You can't buy a slice of a Mona Lisa. Yeah. You know, even though it's, a, I think a terrible painting. I don't get it. You know, but like fashion, that's what's in fashion, you know? Yeah. And it has Lindy effect. And you might have a better piece of art that no one cares about, you know, and you could sit on for how long it's not guaranteed to go up in purchasing power. Yeah. The way this thing is designed to. And just as an accountant, just kept running the numbers. So there's only 21 million. Like you start to really like, what is that? What does it mean going to a uh, fix? And you start thinking about it like the way Robert Breedlove talks about the number zero and how humanity didn't even know there was a number zero for a while or, or wouldn't admit to it or didn't acknowledge it or recognize it. People would say, what do you mean? You can't sell me zero apples. Ha ha, zero doesn't exist. Yeah, You can't have a negative of something. Well, we can't do a lot of math without the number zero and the principle of negative numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, And so like now we have a fixed point in the universe, like 21 million Bitcoin. Like, no human can change that. Uh, but just running the numbers on that over and over and thinking about, how you manage your, your wealth, your value. And even if you have like no accrued value, how are you going to store whatever value you're going to accrue in the future? And then, you know, I mean, I was always trying to provide value for my family, but you're, you're you're thinking more about like how you spend your time and um, how, you know, when you give someone a dollar bill in a way you're stealing from them. Like you're giving them a lie, like you're like, hey, here's the shitty money. Yeah. And it, and I give it to you, ah, like it's gonna go down. I get your shit. Like, you know, and uh, Bitcoin's a very different thing. And I don't really, I'm not advocating people spend their Bitcoin or spend in replace, and I, I I don't think of it necessarily as spending technology at all. <clears throat> but like in very in things where I deal with other Bitcoiners, I've paid for things at Bitcoin at a principle. Yeah. You know, and almost like uh foregoing any concerns with the government and transactional issues and i because i know they're gonna the first thing they're gonna say is did you receive buy or spend bitcoin and try to even put you on a list yeah you know
0: yeah i mean that's all like you know i mean you're nailing it on the head but i think like what i what i kind of want to go into a little bit is like you reverted to you know like your background right so you have like a general accounting background and uh you know, master of science, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you were kind of brought up in, I guess, the traditional fiat system, which seems to be kind of turning on its head a little bit now, right? We had, uh, we had what was it? um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and then we had FRC, um, what was it, First Republic Bank, or maybe the FRB or whatnot, uh, First Republic Bank and, you know, some other ones. And there's been a lot of cracks, it seems like, in that banking system right now. But... In response to all these banks failing, Bitcoin's always had a really good day. I think today was up like eight or nine percent. I think when Silicon Valley Bank failed, we lost it all
1: simple. that eight or nine percent. Oh, did we really? And then some, yeah. Oh, like, like 282 right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. How did we really? <laughs> we puked it all up. Wow, we okay. down at twenty-seven something. Okay, and so we went up to thirty. It's fun. It was fun day. Volatility's back. Yeah, I mean, well, the, uh, hey, that,
0: volatility. that means volatility's back, right? But I mean. Like, I mean, still the point though, is that it seems like Bitcoin, like on these news breaks seems to do well. And then maybe it fell back down because of the debt ceiling, right? I like, heard, we uh, raised I the love debt these ceiling.
1: rumors. No, yeah. I heard these rumors. Uh, the government sold the Mt. Gox coins and why did the government have the Mount Gox coins? I have no idea. And they seem to have perfect timing. Yeah. Every time lately, when it was, we were trying to get to 20, every time we got to like 19.9, someone sold a bunch. And I don't even know if it's all like maybe the paper markets, could be futures. I have no idea how these things move on a daily hour to hour basis. And it it does look rigged to me, but I'm not saying it is. And I I don't know nothing,
0: but. Yeah. I mean, but what is rigged, right? I mean, the the overall stock market seems to be rigged. And, you know, like trading, trading was halted for FRC bank uh, today. And because of like the volatility and other things like that, but. You know, it, it seems like people are kind of waking up to the fact that there's cracks in the current financial system. Yes. So, you know, do you, I guess, kind of see these the bank failures almost as like a positive for Bitcoin? Or do you think that that's going to be a negative? And uh, I want to well, hear your point and then I kind of...
1: I mean, they'd look uh, whether the market interprets them. Because I, I, I don't like to really interpret the market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's fun to, to armchair psychology, But I'm not trying. I'm not in that game professionally. But I, I think the market's been receiving the the bank news as a positive for Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been responding well to, and that's how it should go. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think that that signal is important. And over the last two to three years, it's been really uh, dismayed. I've been dismayed by how. Good news has not, or things that are good for Bitcoin directly or shine a light on Bitcoin has not always resulted in a positive uptick for Bitcoin. Like when President Bukele announced El Salvador was going to make Bitcoin legal tender, it dumped. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. That's what, you know, but um, so, I, I, but I, I think that these are signals to people that are listening. I mean, like the fact that like these companies can have $8 billion in cash at, at, at a bank, and then it's going to be guaranteed, or making people question things. And, and if the assets aren't worth at this point in time what the liabilities are, you can always have a bank run. It's very interesting in this time with bank runs because the digital nature of money, yeah. how fast money can move. Like you don't have to go to your bank and sit there and wait online and 5,000 a day. Like you can just go on Robinhood, take all your money out of a cash account money market. Go on to your Bank of America app, your Chase app. One of the things also interesting about the markets, because you're talking about like, you know, even like, to, I think stock was halted maybe on First Republic today. Yeah. Well, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Like, so Bitcoin, when you run the numbers, has been like running longer continuously and for more total time than the S&P 500. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't ever shut down. And the S&P 500 there's 500 shuts down every yeah. weekday at four o'clock and every weekend. Yeah. So it, it, it just in terms of actual like pure what should be known as like or what should be seen as a Lindy effect of like more veteran history, more uh, it's just really interesting. But uh, I don't know if people are really connecting the dots yet. Uh, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting you bring that
0: up because I so. I think in the short term, it's positive for Bitcoin, but in the long term, it might be a little negative. And I'll I'll, I'll, say, I'll say why. So in the short term, I think the average Joe is like, all right, maybe my money is not safe in a bank now. They, they've kind of like gone through this whole thing. Like, all right, you have to put your money in a bank account. This is a safe avenue to do it. Maybe they're looking for an alternative. That's where they find Bitcoin. But in the long term, I think... You know, especially with Silicon Valley Bank, there was you know crypto companies that had money in Silicon Valley Bank. And so the regional banks kind of showing cracks and whatnot, it's going to one like make less regional banks in the United States, which you know is gonna make it small a harder for a small business to go and get a you know a loan and other things like that. They're gonna get swallowed up by the big players, which like, you know, tinfoil hat time that could like get swallowed up by the big four. We could end up like Canada where they have like six big major banks. And then it's like easier to implement something like a CBDC. Um, but that obviously would be like way, well down the line. Um, and then uh, the other thing is too, is like, you know, Silicon Valley Bank had like crypto companies that were banking there. So that leaves the, the opening for now, you know, regulation on crypto to come down hard. And I hate to do it, but they're going to group in Bitcoin with crypto, I think, because, you know, people like Elizabeth Warren still don't do it. They basically run their whole campaign on like an anti-crypto task force. So, you know, I don't like I really don't trust politicians on either side. I think one party like faces crypto a little bit worse than the other one. But at the same time, I don't really, you know, trust the people in power. But I think that they're, you know, once they kind of realize like, hey. I'm going to lose a lot of power if I kind of let it up to Bitcoin. Um, They're going to be like, all right, well, we ran on this campaign to get Bitcoin as, you know, legal tender or whatever they ran it on, be lighter on Bitcoin, whatever it is that their platform is. They got elected and then they have all these regulatory pressures when they get elected and then they come down hard on Bitcoin. And maybe that's just the cynic in me. I'm just like, I don't believe anything that these people are saying, but I think that, yeah, like I said, like short-term people will kind of wake up to the banking systems bullshit, but long-term there's going to be a lot of regulations. What do you kind of think about that? You think, oh, you I, think I, like
1: that? you said, but I, I kind of see it almost the opposite. And it's just funny. I think that like the harder they crack down on Bitcoin and crypto long-term, I think the strides in effect comes into play, but I say that very sensitively, because again, I think that we're looking at something like where 80 to 90% of the people, the 80 20 rule, are going to be like, yeah, Bitcoin, crypto, bad. Yeah. Can't buy my Bitcoin crypto with my CBDC. You shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't be able to buy guns with your CBDC money either. You shouldn't be able to buy sugar and soda either. And I'm not saying people should drink sugar and soda and not buy guns or whatever you want to do. But like, the point is like, I don't think there should be rules on your money. But a lot of people are going to agree with it. But we're still so small that, like, if you the te- if you advertise that ten percent, uh, you can still grow fantastically over here. It's just I don't think that like necessarily. I think that's going to work for them. I think the regulations are going to work. They're going to scare a lot of people away, and um, but you're still going to grow maybe in leaps and bounds because you're still so very small to start. Uh, and eventually, the suddenly will happen. I don't know where it is. Yeah, you know, but because. I think the more you tell people literally that they can't buy things with their money. Like I look back at like, I think a lot about like Silk Road. Yeah. I'm almost certain I heard about Bitcoin at, at at least once by Silk Road, like whether it was before, during, or after Silk Road, something about Silk Road. And I don't know if I heard about it at least once before that. But like let's think about the silk road thing. I'm like, "Oh wow, like I'm thinking like this is like an eBay or a PayPal thing. Like yeah. where you have like a built-in unit currency and you could buy things and somehow some way I'm not analyzing it, but like, you know, the government and the bank can't stop you from doing it." Great. But like I'm not saying everything I bought back then was legal, but like I didn't need to go on the internet to buy it. Yeah. So but I think there, and I think there are benefits to Silk Road from all other issues, just about you know, in terms of uh, the way, like yeah. But I, I think that you know, it did, it wasn't a problem everyone was having. Yeah, you know, uh, you you know, like for a lot of people, maybe use Silk Road for drugs. You can go to a back alley. You can go to your friend, your neighbor, your cousin. And maybe, you know, you weren't in Peter McCormack's situation where he wanted to get some for his mom and it wasn't legal in the country, and he, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because um, I believe in that sort of freedom and that right of choice. Um, but I don't think Silk Road was like everyone's... It wasn't a solution for everybody because not everyone thought they had that problem. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I don't even know if it was like thought. Everybody just didn't face that problem, right? I mean, you know, I, I think like... I don't know. I, I, like... I mean, if you want, like, I feel like, if, and like, especially right now, like, if you want to go get, I don't know, weed or whatever it is, like, even though it's it's legal here as like medical, like, if you're if you don't have a medical thing, like, I don't think it's like going to be super hard for somebody to go
1: to a bar you know, or something like, like that. You're still buying from a large corporation. At, yeah, I no, it's exactly. medical. You know, and, and what was interesting about the because I remember Peter McCormick talked about this a lot. It was really interesting. Is like, you know, like if you were like a hard, he had issues with some hardcore drugs too i think uh and i don't want to speak up here too much but like me like you can go on silk road and you could be like if, if you like into heroin you could be like who has the best heroin that were like reviews and ratings, oh, yeah. which actually you know like i mean so maybe someone could get heroin in the back alley but maybe they weren't getting the best heroin, yeah the no, best. But, but they didn't know the value add of the proposition is what i'm trying to say and they didn't see the difference in using that money to get something different than they were able to and, and all of it because this is nascent technology, yeah, and very new. And even now, we're still so like even just in terms of self custody, and and even just in terms of liquidity. Like if you, Fidelity was like, hey, yeah, I want I want to go Bitcoin only, and I got three trillion in cash, or like I got four hundred billion in cash, and I want to liquidate all these shitty stocks and go Bitcoin. They can't dump that in Bitcoin right yeah. now. It, 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 It would be crazy. It would outbid themselves. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, 100%. I mean, people look at Michael Saylor and what he's doing at Michael Strategy like he's a lunatic, right? I mean, like, I. Well, that's what I
1: thought. I bring up. I thought that would have been a much clearer signal to other corporations by now. Yeah. I'm very surprised that, that that didn't like. Well, yeah, you, you had El Salvador, yeah. a country, you had a corporation that's publicly listed. And the fact that those kind of like price went down every time sale arrives. It so yeah. It's amazing. Well, or after after called.
0: every time that he announces, right? right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's other countries that are kind of on teetering on it right now, right? I mean, we've had senators in Mexico, we've had senators, but the problem is, is like, I think the big dogs still have the power, right? So, I mean, it's like, China does everything against it. Russia might be embracing Bitcoin. Who knows? Like they've kind of been rumors about them mining or whatever. But the U.S. has been kind of anti-Bitcoin, sort of. I don't know. So disappointing. Yeah, it's frustrating on that level. Yeah. So I mean, I guess on the U.S. note, like, where do you think that it's going? Like, do you think that? Because like I've had kind of several thoughts on this, and I've had like different discussions with. Like, I I think there's like really like three avenues that the U.S. could go. Um, The US could embrace Bitcoin fully, go on like a Bitcoin standard, make Bitcoin legal tender like El Salvador. Uh, They could do the complete opposite, ban Bitcoin, think it's, you know, nothing and try to get rid of it. Or uh, they could kind of almost weaponize the US dollar and kind of instead of going on the gold standard, going like a Bitcoin standard where they have the Bitcoin back dollar and kind of go with that. So I guess you know, it's been kind of like you said, disappointing on what they're doing, but where do you think this is all headed? Um, like, I mean, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot here and make you do a prediction, but
1: I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think with the current administration, we're headed in a not so positive direction. I think we're headed not necessarily towards a CBDC. I don't, I don't know if America and the Federal Reserve will adopt that, but I think, you know, they'll further digitize and regulate. Uh, and restrict monetary uh, policy and capital controls, I do think, with the current uh, regime. Who knows what happens over the next four, six, eight, ten years uh, uh, in terms of politics. Uh, I don't imagine America adopting or going on a Bitcoin standard anytime soon. I think the dollar still has a lot of wind in it left. I don't know if that's again a decade or fifty years or or how that plays out. Uh, I I see. Uh, I I think I uh, Luke Mikic really has an interesting perspective on how the bill the Bitcoin milkshake drinks the dollar milkshake, which drinks all the other fiat and everything else in the world. And I think you go through this period of time where dollar liquidity in, in this sort of retail consumer everyday use, especially in these do- anything that gets sort of um hyper bitcoin eyes will get dollarized first so yeah. our currencies will get inflated away around the world which will bring tremendous liquidity to the dollar they'll go to the dollar next probably for unit of account and for you know spending money and and, and even and then and then i think that becomes like a bridge a bigger and bigger bridge to bitcoin yeah over time and as You know, there's more on ramps, whether they deny us the ability to buy or sell Bitcoin for a period of time, like eventually more and more on ramps will happen more as as money becomes more digitized. It just becomes easier to trade or swap it for other assets and things. Um, So, you know, I I don't know. I think the U.S. is going to fight Bitcoin for a while. I I don't see it as an all out war where they're going to come and ask you for your Bitcoin. But I do think they're going to, like, try to get your friends, family, and neighbors to think you're bad for holding Bitcoin. Mm. Sort of the way, like, they got people to think, like, you're bad if you hoard hoarded gold in the 20s. I'm, I'm using hoard almost, like, sarcastically. I don't think it in anything wrong with hoarding money. If you can't hoard money, you'll hoard something else. Yeah. Whether it's a house or other things that you can store your value in. And okay. hoarding is sort of natural. But I think they'll make Bitcoiners into sort of economic <laughs> terrorists social terrorists and they'll sort of make us an outsider group for a while um you know and I think other people who like and appreciate freedom and love freedom will will look to bitcoiners as sort of like economic instigators or revolutionaries that way um but uh, so I think it'll be a little bit more of a social war
0: that's interesting that you put it that way because yeah I mean I always thought like kind of the way that it would play out would be you know, maybe like choke point 2.0 or what they've kind of been describing, right? Like, you know, like, and basically like trying to eliminate or attack the on-ramps. But, you know, you brought up an interesting point about like, um, you know, the, just the ease of moving money, which we kind of alluded to when it comes to the bank run. So, you know, I, I never really thought about that, but like essentially just being able to get on a phone and you know, transfer money from, a Chase bank to I don't know Capital One Bank of America like you could do that stuff essentially instantly and it seems like there would just be easily you know it would be easy to make an app fairly quickly to essentially you know move bitcoin or something like that or figure that out or you know make a web app whether it, or you know phone app something along those lines so yeah i mean it seems like like Choke 2.2.0 seems like it would maybe make it more difficult in a sense just to buy from a bank account but it doesn't seem like it would necessarily stop it to me i, I don't know well i
1: think i think at that point about like, you know if they really like, said like you cannot buy bitcoin in america you know i think at, yeah. at, at the point they say that you'll find out not you being like you or me individuals or anyone listening but like people have been either philosophically at that point committed to bitcoin and sovereignty which i think becomes intertwined once if you believe in freedom and sovereignty and value it for me bitcoin made me value those things a lot more than i I did before i learned about bitcoin For some people maybe they come in freedom file sovereignty first and and then find bitcoin yeah but i think for those people it's got to be really easy to get it so i think if you really value those things and you have put and so, either you value it philosophically, and/or you've put some of your economic or personal wealth into Bitcoin. At that point, you're going to be like, "Whoa!" Like, because like I, for me, it was like when a state said certain people with a medical record can go into restaurants, and certain people with medical records can't. Yeah. Well, whoa! Like, I don't care what anyone's done individually. Like, that's I can't live in a state that would 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 instill stall rules like. Right? So uh, for me, like if I understood Bitcoin and I valued it and I had none, but the state was like, you can't own Bitcoin. I'd be like, well, I don't know if I wanna live here. Right? And then there's some spectrum of like, well, if you have none, maybe, you, okay, maybe you're gonna still live there, right? But if you have some, you, you know, cause you gotta like, I'm, are you gonna, a state says you can't do X, Y, and Z. Well, okay, great. Uh, I don't agree. I don't even want to do X, Y, and Z, but I don't agree that they said that. But am I going to go up friends, family, the the schools the kids are in, their friends, like it's a lot to moving with your feet. Mm -hmm. Then the other side of it is, are there decent places to go? Like right now, there's no perfect place in the world to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Florida and Texas and El Salvador are not perfect on some fronts, whether it's you want to, you like to ski. You're not going to find a lot of that in Florida. (laughs) right and if you like to surf you're not gonna find a lot of that in texas so you you know yeah so uh there's nowhere perfect but then we can go on on taxes or this or that so but i do see like countries restricting movement more i i I don't think they want the commoners traveling and partaking in the wonders of the world and i i see borders really coming back hard in, in in the times we're moving in in this um pandemic era that's interesting that
0: you put it that way and it makes me feel like that the plan b passport that like Kitty the russian and jessica hodler are, are kind of doing making it more important
1: it's so temporary yeah like, temporary nature like it's there's not, it's not full sovereignty like you oh, might 100%. have a second passport to go to x and you should have bought the one to y oh 100 you know you screwed up so you have a second passport but you bought the ones at a shitty country um, it, you know, now you need three, you need four, and and can you afford to move? Do you want to move? Do you want to give up what you have? Or, you know, I, I know there are people who are like, you, you know, I do think it's like, let's say there's a place you don't like, and you could say, hey, I got a high time preference, whether that's I'm young and I want to do something else, or uh, I'm older and I got a family. And then there's people like, hey, I'm, this is where I'm from. And I don't care if it takes 20 years. But like we're not leaving we're gonna raise the next generation here and we're gonna stay and figure this out and we'll go through the bumps and the grind I, I, there's some merit to that you know you can't always cut and run you know the grass isn't always greener things can always change where you go no 100 you, know, you-,
0: you know but i definitely think that there was kind of some signs of uh you know especially you know obviously we went through 2020 and all that kind of yeah, stuff like too. yeah 2020. 2021 where like a lot of people like saw the i guess you know like states putting in heavy regulations and and the united states was just kind of like i guess almost like a microcosm of the globe right i mean we saw a lot of people flock to texas tennessee even and florida arizona, arizona. this the states that stayed more open seemed to you know benefit from that and so, you know, I think eventually people are going to understand where incentives lie, and they're going to go to those places. I think, you know,
1: you got more optimism than I do. Yeah, thought. I mean, I just kind of a pessimistic mood. I mean, people, I, it's been—I don't want to say disappointing, uh, but it's just—it's yeah. I mean, I think I still think people are just going. To, I think you know, you know, it's like even dial it back pre twenty twenty. And understanding the value of Bitcoin, it sucks that someone, uh, as a dentist, a plumber, a teacher, a post person, uh, postal worker, whatever it is, and they have to come home and figure out spend thirty percent of their fucking time figuring out what to do with their their money. 100 percent, it's ridiculous, and that's not their fault. Oh, it's not at all. You know, and like that's even pre-COVID, pre everything like that existed. You know, you you're, you're trying to like, should I be in this mutual fund or that mutual fund? So I give Three percent to this advisor, uh and those guys don't. It's all credentialism. These are like, and it, most of these financial advisors have never made any money in their life for themselves. They all do the same you know, thing too. They just dump it in mutual fund, which take well, fees, and then they take fees right. from that too. And, and the whole job of the mutual fund is to buy the shitty assets from the hedge fund, yeah, and private equity, and get dumped on, especially the teachers' pensions all around the world in the country. So. Uh, but but most people don't you know it's like it's not their fault that all that's happening behind their back no I'm and not. it's all being like like you look at the big short like that movie is very confusing for people who let's just say are not bitcoiners and don't have a finance background and uh i find it incredibly entertaining you know but it's like a little chewy for some people and that's all done on purpose they tell you that in the movie yeah
0: um No, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. They kind of dive into that. I mean, it's just overall, it's just kind of, yeah. I mean, it's disappointing like where this thing is going, but I, I don't know. I'm optimistic because I see like, you know, I I think just like seeing some like I alluded to a little bit earlier in the conversation, like big YouTubers, like Jake and Logan Paul, like for example, I put them, they're,
1: they're controlled opposition. Yeah, but I, they, I hate to say they, that word. They, they, it's all fake.
0: They're but fake too. I know 100% they're fake. But when they're talking about, hey, like, I don't like paying taxes and I'm going to move to Puerto Rico because,
1: yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like crazy talk. Yeah, that's they fake. They do that for purpose. They're Alex Jones to normal people. That's fair. Oh, wow. Like Jake Paul, he got $11 million to Fake a fight, a fake fight, but you and, think- and he's going to Puerto Rico. Me and Jimmy aren't going to Puerto Rico, but <laughs> tables at Applebee's, we don't have crypto uh income to hide, yeah, but uh, we're not going to Puerto Rico. And Jake Paul's an idiot. Well, like- I
0: think, like, okay, I think that for 30 plus when they look at Jake Paul, sure, but I sure. think like the younger generation, maybe, maybe. like Gen Z. They look at these people, and they actually like take some influence on them. I mean, there's a reason why they're called influencers, right? I mean, like what they say has carries some weight, right? It does. I agree. And I and agree. I mean, like what and they a lot like them, a lot of it. yeah. And like you know, that's why a lot of them are getting sued for pushing these shit coins too, because like you know but that
1: was them rug pulling their audience.
0: Yeah, I so, know. I mean, 100. So, so
1: like, like anyone who's found these people being influenced. And uh, they're dumb. Yeah. They're, they're not getting the right, they're getting any not... the noise. And the people that are smart are moving on from these people in some degree. Like, they might find it entertaining and you can find anything you want entertaining, but they're, like, not taking advice from Jake Paul. If they're, Look, like, I'm not advocating If they know that Jake all. Paul's dumping on them or, yeah. or, or, like, or add any accountability to anyone in like, crypto, even Tom Brady. Yeah. Wow. Like, even Larry David. Yeah. Like Larry David was on TV, like you cannot lose. Like I'm the ultimate idiot. He got paid. I'm making his number up. Yeah, ten million. He's not the fool. But but the joke was he's the fool, and you would be smart if you bought the stuff Larry David tells you not to buy. It, like they're literally laughing at you. Like rug pulling. Like. And I think all these influences, anyone... Oh, it's a terrible... They're yeah, They're all working against... No, Bitcoin, I mean,
0: it's a terrible culture, Bitcoin, right? But But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, right? You got to follow...
1: But there's the, signals, yes.
0: You got to follow the paper trail, right? I mean, where do the incentives lie with a lot of these things, right? And so, I mean, I, I think, like, okay, right? Like, Logan and Jake Paul, right? They're they're idiots, right? I mean, they made their... I'm um, for- really,
1: really smart. Well, play the role of it. I don't know. Yeah,
0: they no. But the, you're saying they're they're idiots in the sense they that that's of money. I'm not gonna. I mean, they that's, come across as idiots to me. I don't know what they're like. hundred percent. That's that's the key that I'm getting at. Right? Is that they're they're playing the role of like they're idiots online, but people enjoy what they do online. Sure. They figured out a niche or whatever it is, like whether it's them like milk boys or even like bar stool or whatever. Like you're kind of into online, but all these people have like such a big influence that you know. FTX even sponsored Barstool. Like F, like right. some of these people like, are getting crypto in front of their faces and enough crypto is getting in front of people's faces where I think enough people are looking into it and which makes me a little like optimistic where it's like, okay, like I think, you know, Bitcoiners and shitcoiners disagree on a lot of stuff. But the one thing that they do agree on is that the current system and the current monetary system is not doing the right thing. And so do you
1: disagree or agree with me? I, you? I think that crypto people are closer to Bitcoin by default than non-crypto people. I, I very much understand that. I think that like it's really, really hard to avoid a crypto shitcoining phase and get into Bitcoin. I've heard stories. I think these people are, are admirable. It's great. Uh, it's kind of like marrying your high school sweetheart uh it's very you know it's rare it's beautiful it's probably the best thing ever um but crypto is a very i think a very uh normal thing for most people to go through um but we're kind of getting at something there but i i think I, yeah, so I, I I think it's like basically the doorway in is my, is, doorway is,
0: in. is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, is it basically what I'm getting at here? Crypto not go through the
1: full door. Oh,
0: 100 percent.
1: And I think a lot. I think that's like. Uh, well,
0: I mean, it's gonna take. It's gonna take a little bit for everybody, right? But I think like okay, like Jake Paul bringing up like, all right, I'm going to Puerto Rico for for not paying te- like i don't want to pay i love taxes or whatever yeah or i whatever they say about all these things it's like okay well maybe i like that opens the door like i search up some xyz dog poopy dog coin it's a little different i okay. see like
1: i see i see crypto as people being as pure desperation so people are like my money's not working nothing is fucking working i've been in the mutual funds i've been in the s&p 500 it's not working i mean SP s&p stands for standard and poor you're not getting anywhere with that right so i'm still standard i'm I'm poor right yeah i'm trying to keep up and every every time i try to get ahead i get a four percent raise well camp went up six percent and tuition went up seven percent i got these new bills i didn't expect because i had another child you know like yeah I, i can't keep up with any of this i'm desperate i need and nothing's gonna work, and they're literally sitting there going, "Okay, like I look at all these tables, and all these tables are wrong. But let's say like you're 38 years old, and you're like, I should have seven hundred thousand in my 401k, and I have a sixth of that. Yeah, and you're like, um, okay, mutual funds I'm looking at are gonna get me seven percent a year. I'm I'm never gonna catch up. So you're like, I need some long shots, right? So now someone comes to tell you about Bitcoin, right? or some, well, or whatever, right? yeah. let's say Bitcoin, so yeah. they're like, oh, you tell me about Bitcoin, like, alright, so they're like, alright Brandon, tell me about Bitcoin, Brandon's been in Bitcoin for like three years, right, so Brandon, I don't know, maybe Brandon's got some Bitcoin, right, so if I put like, a lot of money in Bitcoin, what's a lot of money, for me? maybe I put a thousand $5,000 in Bitcoin in it. it, doubles it's not gonna change my life triples not gonna change my life 10X's Maybe I get a new car after taxes, All right? So and, and whatever it is, Brandon's ahead of me, so I'm never gonna catch him. So what I want to do is I want to hate Bitcoin, because this guy I don't want him to be ahead of me forever. Like maybe he's got a lot of Bitcoin and he's been he's been just stacking it. and he's talked about it when it was cheating. So maybe someone gave him a bunch. You know, he's in the Bitcoin scene, or maybe my, I don't know, mine he mines it for free, so he's got a thousand Bitcoin, right? So if he got a thousand, he's got, he's got a hundred Bitcoins. So if, um, Brandon's worth 2 million of his fake money, 3 million. And if Bitcoin goes up to Brandon's work, 30 million and I got 50 grand of Bitcoin, man, I can't put in more than five grand. I'm not going to sell all my stocks, all my 401k. I've been working my whole life for this stuff. My house, well, all this thing, I don't know. So now I don't want that to be well. I want to find my own thing. I want to find what Brandon, is. I want to find what he found. I want to go to the casino and gamble. Yeah, I want to buy something for a dollar and pray that's going to hit a thousand dollars. And my five grand is going to be worth 500 grand. And you know what? My 500 grand is going to outdo Brandon and his little Bitcoin now because I found the next thing mine. You know, because even if Bitcoin is 10, ha- i will go do 100x. I'll go out there. And and if I don't hit the 100x, well, I'm still here shitty fucking world. And I hope none of it passes. I hope. Bitcoin fails and the thing I bet on fails, right? Because yeah, I don't understand this thing. And this thing costs 28 grand. And it sounds like if you only have one of them or, but they don't understand. Uh, I use that lightly because it's not that they don't, but like with this, having a very small amount of this thing can have insurmountable value. Yeah. And then you just might have to wait a little longer, but But if you learn about it, you might actually gain conviction and just want to buy it because it's the right thing to own. But right now they don't know anything about it. They just know your love for it. Yeah. And they want to go find their it's kind of like a girl. Brandon found a girl. Yeah. That's great. What am I going to do? Steal Brandon's girl? That doesn't sound like cool. I want my own girl. I'm going to go find my own girl. Like, you know, and I want to get married too. And maybe brands won't work out, like you know. And if mine doesn't work out, I want it to last longer, maybe we'll get engaged, and you won't, you know, like yeah. And, and and that's very fiat, because fiat is if I know the mayor, I get a liquor license, you don't. Yeah. If if I know the the boss, play golf with the boss, I get the raise and the promotion, you don't. It's me versus you. And I learned this from Tina, but like, don't tr- don't trade against other people. And don't, uh, what they're also hearing is, Brandon told me about this, it was 3,000. Well, how am I gonna buy it now It's 10X? Like, yeah, I'm trading, they're trading as their prior self. And the only person you should trade with is your future self, yeah. just yourself. But there's so much rung up in this money thing and before Bitcoin. Think about it this way. If you found a good stock, you found a good mutual fund, or you found a checking account that had a good yield, do you go talk about it at a party you know and i think a lot of us when we found because i don't talk about it anymore either but yeah. as a bitcoiner as a podcaster like people know about they want me to come up to me or people like tell them about the thing go orange pill and do your thing yeah and i hate that because you wouldn't go up to someone and be like hey you know i found a really good checking account you need to do this before bitcoin a lot of us wouldn't talk about economics or money. Or in, money, in, right. In general, right? Maybe that's good or bad, but a lot of times you wouldn't give people advice. You wouldn't, and I feel very strongly about that. Like, don't do this because you think I'm smart or you like what I say. You gotta figure this out for yourself. Like maybe buy ten dollars because it's two yeah, Starbucks it. and do it for me or whatever. But like you gotta do this for yourself. Like
0: no, hundred percent. And I, I think like, yeah, the orange pulling game is hard. You know, I mean, like you get it's dumb. You yeah, shouldn't but- do it. I mean, because when you tell somebody, hey, Cedric, what? yeah, sure, let's do it. Uh, Hey, Cedric, you go buy $100 worth of Bitcoin or whatever. As soon as that Bitcoin, if it drops 50%, even 20%, 10%, whatever, okay. you're looking at me, you're like, all right, Brandon, go fuck yourself, buddy. You just lost me all this money and now I don't trust you for anything and I want it all to fail, right? I mean, exactly like you said. And I think, you know, part of it, what you were describing earlier about like hey i want to go find my own bitcoin or whatever it is i think that was a big reason why ftx blockfi celsius all these other yield platforms you know basically succeeded because it was like all right well it's not only bitcoin that i'm seeing the price go up or ether or, you know avax or one of these other shit coins or whatever you you know you were bumping into not only am i seeing that go up on the dollar value I got Alex Mashinsky saying, like, the banks could pay everybody seven percent. And yeah, I mean, it's always the banks that the bad guy, right? I mean, they're the always ones like holding us back. So, you know, I'm gonna go on and I'm gonna, you know, uh I- I'm gonna go like buy this whatever doggy poopy coin, and I'm gonna go buy this. And it's not only is it gonna go up a shit ton in price, I'm gonna get 10% of that coin more. And so that's where I think everybody's got burned, and that's where you know, I think a lot of people that kind of had that mindset that you're describing have already gotten to that point. And unfortunately, because they've gotten to that point, they've gotten burned already, or they've seen that seen people get burned. I mean, that's why I think like, you know, FTX Celsius, like BlockFi, all those things are, are negatives for people who have lost those money. But the ones that maybe haven't gotten in yet, or like, maybe you're like, okay, you know, I lost a little bit of money on these accounts, but there's something to this. That's where they're going to start to look into Bitcoin or like you know self custody, those kind of things. So I think like, like like I said, it's a negative in the short term. Like I even met some people at BitBock Boom where I saw you last, I think, where they lost Bitcoin in Mount Gox, and they were like, yeah, you know, I lost uh, in Mount Gox. I forgot what year it was, maybe 2016, 17 time or something. I didn't get in until 2020 again, and I'm kicking myself for not doing that, but they ended up getting back in. Now, will that be a delayed reaction for everybody in these other, you know, FTX, BlockFi, Celsius, all this kind of thing? I don't know. I imagine probably a little bit, but I think, like, in the end, like, it opened the door for them a little bit, and they're still going to be running into the same problems you described three, four years down the road, maybe even worse. Where we're seeing like inflation at like six to ten percent now, right? I mean, yeah, CPI, right? I mean, six percent according to the government, oh, which gosh. is some inflated metric. But you know, I think at the end of the day, we're we're gonna see more people realize, okay, my rent, Tampa, right? We're right outside of Tampa right now, right? So, Tampa, Florida, my rent when I first moved here in an apartment, sixteen hundred dollars. Single bedroom, me, my dog, whatever, just ourselves. That same apartment right now, nothing's changed. they haven't done any updates to it. In fact, I think it's gotten even a little worse because you know, multiple, yeah, multiple people have moved into that place or whatever. That same apartment unit is going for twenty four hundred dollars, and that's I've been here how many times? Uh, four years. Four years, well. So I mean, that's like literally fifty percent increase in four years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, Tampa's boomed but still like, no, same like you. yeah, it's 50% true. increase is insane. And so- That's
1: why I don't believe any of these CPI readings or, I mean, they, they, you talk about run the numbers, they took they took housing, they took mortgages out of the CPI and replaced it with rent. Yeah, They're, they're fucking with the numbers. And as an accountant, someone who's always, as an auditor, as a former auditor, I, I mean, it's so it's so obvious how you can play with numbers, how you can account for things differently. And it's always interesting the fights between finance people and accounting people and the way they psychologically and just even numerically and economically, and you can do things with numbers.
0: Well, I mean, it's not even just, it's not even just like economic numbers. It's just data in general. Yeah. Right. They, right
1: numbers. Right. Yeah. Numbers. And now you have the expression numbers don't lie, but you can tell very different stories with numbers. You can include numbers, exclude numbers. We saw that with COVID. And so, you know, um uh, Bitcoin is just a very interesting beast in that that regard. Um, when you run the numbers on on everything in your life.
0: Yeah, I mean hell, like I do it all the time with sports to mess with my friends. Like, like I'm wearing a bears shirt right now, I'm a Bears fan. I when Mitch Trubisky was the Bears quarterback, I grew up in Texas. So I hated Dak Prescott. I hated the Cowboys because all my friends were that. I would would pull some random-ass statistic that would make Mitch Trubisky look like a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I mean, like, you could do with all these things, right? I mean, you just move the needle, and, like, you're seeing that with the debt ceiling. You're seeing that with, like,
1: CPI. Talk about play that. I mean, it's, it's like a Shakespearean play. I mean, they fight over it and they, they're going to raise it eventually. Uh, they raised it today. Raised or like
0: yeah, or like something, they had some like vote on it. I don't know right. if it got shut down or whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, we're recording this on what? What is it's it? The best, day, the the best
1: thing about Bitcoin is it's helped me disconnect from those things because I could take, you know, whatever value I can afford to save and move it out of that system Yeah, and be less subjected to the that and and then follow the soap opera less um and, and that, that I think has so many uh benefits I, I really believe in the strongly from your first sat to just um, removing yourself psychologically from that drama and, and, I, and it's like almost like torture or you know terrorism of a sort. yeah I, I couldn't imagine like you know there's stories coming out of Lebanon it's like you wake up on one day and it's like your money's worth half. You were going to retire that month, and now you—it's another ten years before you retire. I mean, the amount of value being stolen from from all of us, Uh, and so Bitcoin provides this life raft. I, you know, I don't think it's big enough for the entire economy yet. I don't, I don't see America adopting it anytime soon and giving up the power of the world's reserve currency that they have right now. And they'll even, I think, fight to see that being a sinking ship. And that's what's unfortunate. I hope they eventually America converts to some sort of Bitcoin standard, whether that's making Bitcoin legal as tender. So we don't have sort of tax implications uh, when we spend it uh, or or maybe adopting it as a reserve or backing the dollar with it, which I think would really be very, uh, would weaponize the dollar. And eventually they would lower the ratio and, you know, I get it. But, um, and and as an American, and I, I don't like to be too nationalistic, but like, i've benefited from the dollar you know and i would love to uh, americans hold more bitcoin than other countries i think so i think it would benefit america to adopt bitcoin um yeah so we'll see how that
0: yeah i mean we'll see how it plays out it'll be interesting over the next couple years but Cedric, i really appreciate you having me in your home and uh sharing a beer with me talking a little bitcoin uh
1: why don't you tell people where they can find you what you got going on? Sure. You can find me at uh, said uh, uh on Twitter, C-E-D-Y-O-U-N-G-E-L-M-A-N on on Twitter. Also the show handle for Bitcoin Matrix podcast, uh, underscore Bitcoin Matrix. Um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can dome it there. And we're on YouTube and we have a lot of great guests and we talk about Bitcoin. So we check it out sometime. Yeah, uh, awesome. Show, yeah, man. of course, it's man. Cool.
0: Appreciate you having me. Well, cheers. Cheers, man. Yeah, I'll link all that too yeah. in the show notes. So for anybody that wants to check out the Bitcoin Matrix, definitely recommend it. And uh, yeah, such
1: a run so the numbers. Yeah, run the numbers. It's just math, right? It's just math. Yeah, exactly.